The NASCAR Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today, bet $100, and get $100 at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-I-N-N-B-E-T. State restrictions apply. We're also brought to you by SGPN's Big Game Bingo. $57 SGPN gift card is up for grabs for every bingo hit. We're also brought to you by SGPN's 57 Bets Challenge. $570 in cash and a $570 gift card to the winner of the props contest. Get all our contest info exclusively on the SGPN app. And if you're going to be out in Arizona for the big game, make sure to check out our live show at the Ainsworth Thursday at 11 a.m. Register today at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash big game. Driver, start your Wrap in and pull those belts up tight as the Sports Gambling Podcast Network presents the NASCAR Gambling Podcast. I'll wreck my mom to win a championship. I'll wreck your mom to win a championship. With all the news and the best bets for your NASCAR weekend. It refrains me from not beating the out of you right now because you ask me stupid questions. But since I'm on probation, I suppose that that's uh, improper to say as well. If you could talk about racing things, we could talk about racing things. Now, here are your hosts, Rod Gomez and Cody Zeeb. Coming to you with our first official actual race recap show from the 2023 season it is the nascar gambling podcast here on the sports gambling podcast network he as always is cody zeeb i am rod via gomez and we finally got to see some cars on the track yesterday and and witness well this whole weekend i suppose and witness the first of many many races to come in this 2023 nascar season cody how stoked are you to have cars back on the track Oh, so pumped, Rod. A nice weekend full of NASCAR. Just being able to watch cars on the track, have some racing. I hate that we have to wait two weeks for the Daytona 500 now. Just cancel that football game and let's play it this Sunday. Or let's let's race it this Sunday. Yeah, I don't even care about that football game. We've we have already noted that we just I do not care about this. I I want to hurry up and get to uh, Daytona because that means that uh, the silly football game that's being played is out of the way and we can. Concentrate on next season, too, for that matter. But, um, yeah, man, I'm telling you right now, the the Bush clash, uh, Bush light clash at the Coliseum was this weekend. It was everything I had hoped it would be as far as just storylines and watching things play out and basically just having NASCAR back in our life. Now, overall, was I thrilled with the entire race? There were parts of it that I could have done without. But uh, again, just from the sheer standpoint of having cars back on the ra- on the racetrack, I was stoked. I was pleasantly surprised with the way the cars handled this time around, and we'll get to all that here in a second. But um, just overall impressions of being back, I'm happy, man. I- I'm so stoked to have it all back. Yeah, no, I think there's some very positive things we can take out of this race, and when we kind of get into the recapping part here in a minute, 
uh, we could point all those out. But yeah, I, I, I was happy with, with how the weekend went. Of course, there was parts when you couldn't get two green flag laps in for 30 minutes there because they kept, you know, playing bumper cars. But the rest of it and the whole weekend and all the racing, in my opinion, was really good. Indeed. Yeah, I mean, I definitely was was thrilled with the overall product this year. Um, obviously, <laughs> although my buddy texted me <laughs> and said, um, Cypress Hill just performed in front before the NASCAR. I mean, he, he, he doesn't necessarily follow NASCAR as closely, but he was like, <laughs> Cypress Hill just performed before a NASCAR race. Um, and I was like, yeah, buddy. I was like that. We knew about that already. I was, yep, wait, I was stoked. wait for Wiz Khalifa coming up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, that's another thing too. So yeah, I mean, it's just uh, he was like, yeah, but that's not normally. And I was like, yeah, but this is what we, this is what the sport's been doing. They've been doing a very good job of getting the the base just grow and have more people enjoy NASCAR. So and the fact that it's in LA kind of made sense for everything to 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 happen that way. So um, yep. all right, the big news of the week. Obviously, NASCAR's back, but there are some news stories still that we're going to get to in this first stage. Uh, again, if you're new to the show, welcome. If you're stumbling on this because you search for Bush Clash or you search for Daytona 500 and you found this show, uh, we welcome you. And we, we want to definitely make sure to get to the Daytona 500, but that's still another week away. So uh, in the meantime, we're just going to wrap up some news notes, do the recap of the uh, of the weekend, and then come back in the third stage and recap all of our bets. That'll be our Monday show for this week. But uh, Cody, what's what's one of the pressing news stories that you got for us coming out of this yeah, Clash weekend? Let's, uh, let's do our history lesson quick. It's 13 Ooh, days right. until the Daytona 500. So looking at the number 13, uh, obviously, in general, can be considered to be an unlucky number. Maybe why the starts are a little less on this number. Only 653 starts in the Cup Series, number 13 car, and only one win. That one win <laughs> was in 1963 by Johnny Rutherford, and he only made two starts in the number 13 car. So maybe it is bad luck, I guess. Uh, Casey Mears had 227 starts. He actually leads the number. Of starts in the car, one top five, five top tens. Ty Dillon at 144 starts, with two top fives in his career. Max Pappas actually started 33 races um, in this number. Joe Nemechek started 18. Robbie Gordon, 17. Jerry Nadeau started 14. Um, just kind of going through the list here. Curtis Turner is a name that pops out. He started six. Jack Ingram. Started five. Hermie Sadler started a couple races. AJ Foyt actually started two races in this number. Mario Andretti, two races in the number 13. Um, and then if you go down to the bottom of the list, you got 72 guys have started it. Uh, it's not been raced since 2021. David Starr raced thir three races and Timmy Hill raced one there. But it will be back in the Daytona 500. Chandler Smith is going to drive the third entry for Colleague uh, Racing. So he'll at least attempt to make that. He's not going to be guaranteed to get into the race. Um, but then looking at uh, at manufacturer, Chevrolet dominates 362 starts, Ford at 159. Uh, nothing too crazy. You got a Kaiser started one race, a Mercury one race, no Jaguar or anything, uh, or Volkswagen for for this number, uh, number 13. No Tesla. <laughs> not yet not although yet. i remember when hermie sadler made starts in the 13 i that, that's a name that i i you don't hear very often like you just forget that it's out there and all of a sudden it right. pops up in a trivia question you're like oh yeah hermie yeah and the the jerry nadu is the one that pops up to me because that's the the dan marino owned uh 
own number 13 that didn't last very long. I have uh, a picture of that. I'm going to need to, uh, you know what I'll do? I have a picture of that in one of my history books. I'm going to, I'm going to scan that and uh, I'll put it up. Um, I'll give all the proper credit and everything, but yeah, that's at the 13 car. It's all good and munched. So that just tells you that you could be a hall of fame quarterback, uh, and you can't drive a race car. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And yeah, that was, uh, Bill Elliott actually co-owned that with him. But yeah, it was the 13 car. They had the Miami Dolphin colors on there. Pretty cool looking car uh, with first plus credit union or something on there. Um, but yeah, they didn't didn't do much in their their couple of years of existence. <laughs> yeah, no that that was not a team that was destined for greatness. Uh, unfortunately, well, and Elliot, I mean, Elliot struggled as a driver owner even in that time frame. So uh, yeah. Oh, hey, I, but speaking of driver owner, just before we get to the next part of, of history, I want to say that I was tickled that uh, Jimmy Johnson spent as much time up in the booth as he did in this in this clash booth with those guys. I was like, yeah, I was totally beyond the moon to have him up there talking about it. And then, of course, when his car went around, he was like, uh-oh. And no, Tony, I own that one. And Tony yeah. Stewart just like, get used to yeah, that, well, welcome to the club, buddy. Get used to it. That was pretty funny. Uh, that, was a great, that was a great exchange between those guys. But, you know, you know, for Jimmy Johnson to have that type of insight now, to be able to watch his his drivers do uh, things on the track, I think it's gonna gonna give him a whole new level of appreciation for what's going on around him, and just you know, just to have fun listening to Jimmy Johnson talk NASCAR again. That was that was good for the soul, my friend. It was very good for the soul. I loved it. Although we did find out through that with that Kevin Harvick is going to be in the booth in Fox, as if we didn't already Shocking. know that, right? Who, who saw this coming, right? <laughs> We talked about it a few times in the off season, but yeah, officially announced Harvick will be in the Fox booth next year. Um, and then obviously we'll have to see going forward because the TV contract is up after next year, but yeah, Harvick to the Fox booth again, shocks, nobody, him and Clint Boyer, very good friends. Um, kids get along really well. I think they do a lot of stuff outside. They've been teammates on two different teams. They were together at Stuart Haas. They were together at Richard Childress back in the day. Um, and then, yeah, part of Jimmy Johnson being in the booth, too. He announced he'll be at the Chicago street race. So we do know that that will be one of his his few starts that he's going to make. Of course, we only knew about Daytona coming into this. Um, but now we know that that he will be at the Chicago street race as well. How much does he want to just be full time? You could hear it in his voice that he just wants to be out there like he this yeah. race. I'm I'm surprised. I really am surprised, honestly, that he did not try to make a go at this race in particular. Because yeah, well, and they asked him about that, and I think his his explanation was pretty good. He wanted to come back in the Daytona 500, right, in that in that big event. So that made sense, but it would have been nice to see him out there. Although you could have gotten into the situation, you know, his first race back doesn't make the main event, something like that. Maybe he didn't want to didn't necessarily, although he could not make the Daytona 500 too, I guess, but <laughs> hopefully that's not the case. <laughs> yeah, no, and in fact, it was funny because he had basically said that too. He's like, I'm going to, very different situation that I've ever been in before where I've got to actually race my way in to the Daytona 500. So uh, we'll see how that shakes out. But um, what else you got, Cody? Um, well, want to send condolences to the Jarrett family. Uh, Martha Jarrett, which would be Ned Jarrett's wife um, and Dale Jarrett's fa uh, mother, rather. She passed away um, 67 years. Her and Ned were married, obviously being married to a, a NASCAR Driver, I'm sure, is not all it's cracked up to be sometimes, especially back in the day when not making as much money as they do now, right? Um, and then he was in the TV booth for a long time, so she put up with that, stuck with them, and then raised Dale Jarrett, of course, uh, 
her son, Daytona 500 winner, champion of the sport, Hall of Famer as well. Um, and so, yeah, they announced her passing today. So condolences to that family. They're uh, one of those, those legendary NASCAR families that multiple generations. I know his son, uh, Dale, Dale's son, or her grandson, Jason, I think he's a spotter still. He, he ran some races back in the day and everything as well. So, uh, yeah, just condolences to them on the loss of Martha. Definitely uh, a tragic story. But again, NASCAR is always good about rallying around uh, families uh, of those that have suffered those types of tragedies. So uh, I definitely know they're all in good hands, the Jarrett family in NASCAR. So again, yes, thoughts out to them. Um, Cody, I, I have one, and I want to make this announcement now. Everybody, Kyle Busch is safe. It's okay. Uh, he is not detained in Mexico. He will not be detained in Mexico for three years. Yes, he had a gun in Mexico, but no, he is not going to be spending the next three years in a Mexican prison. So everybody that was scared for that, don't be anymore. It's okay. He put out a release today that said yeah. he was following <laughs> every the story there. <laughs> he was following everything, <laughs> forgot that the gun was there, and uh, and then Mexican police had it. So I don't know, that's just a weird story. I, I yeah. the thing really somewhere you want to probably get busted with a gun is Mexico, <laughs> no. but it appears that everything's been ironed out. He was very cooperative. Honest mistake, it sounds like. You should probably pay more attention when you're handling a firearm and stuff. We, we won't get into all that. No, but, but still. I think I just, Kyle Bush will will be okay, at least. Yeah. yeah I, just, not, I had seen that. In, in prison in Mexico. <laughs> I had seen that, and I thought to myself, oh, boy, this one's uh, this one's got the lid on it, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly. Uh, um, Really, the other main story, Auto Club, um, of course, that's going to be the race after Daytona on the two-mile oval. They had announced a project a few years ago. They were going to redo the track. I think COVID kind of threw a wrench and all that, um, but they have announced officially there will not be an auto club race in 2024 because they are, and it sounds like they maybe don't know exactly what they're doing yet. Seems like an issue when the race is in three weeks, because if it was me, I would want to start tearing it up. I mean, the LA Coliseum track is like gone already today. Like that's how quickly it's been transformed back. So like the day after the race, you should be tearing it up, but whatever, that's not, not, not my job, but so they're, plans had been to be a half mile track something in between like a bristol and a Mar uh, martinsville where it's got the banking but it's shorter so we'll see i, I don't know they, it sounds like they don't really have a timeline they don't know the only thing we know is there will not be a race there next year that opens up a spot on the schedule what do you do that's again a close to la race for points points race there'd been a lot of talk over the weekend of the coliseum being a points race, which we can get into another time, but I agree with a few of the drivers who said that's a ridiculous idea. It is. It's great for what it is. It's good for the exhibition, but maybe not. Uh, not quite for that. I would <laughs> not want to rest any sort of championship points on that race in particular. Like you said, it is a great spectacle. It is a fantastic event, but it is certainly not worthy of an actual points-paying uh, race because there's too much that goes on on that track and we'll talk about that in a little bit yeah exactly so uh and then one other thing got a got a podcast review in from bmcd1234 he said great pod these guys give great angles and awesome detail plus tons of winners uh so want to say thank you to him and if you're listening if you had that 14 to 1 this weekend that we're going to talk about when we get to our recap good way to start the season with a nice little cash leave us a rating leave us a review on whatever platform you listen on 
Uh, I had some guys asking in the Discord this week too, what's the best way they can help us? And that really that is, is the ratings, the reviews, that shows the bosses, helps us out in the algorithms and all that fun stuff. So that's the best thing you can do to, to help us out and, and keep this show cranking along for you. As much as we hate to admit it, like Google's algorithms, they've got us by the balls. Like literally that's, that's the reason that we exist on the space is because, you know, Google says that we exist. So unfortunately <laughs> we have to play by the rules of Google. Um, and the overlord says that the only way that people can really find out about us is if more people leave reviews. So you know us, we won't pander to you. We're not trying to gain your likes, gain your clicks, gain anything. We just want to talk to you. And, and, and walk you through NASCAR bets. But, unfortunately, the world we live in means I have to every once in a while, Cody every once in a while has to say, will you please leave us a review because Google says so. So um, Only yeah. good reviews, too. If you got a shitty review, just listen to something else. <laughs> Keep it to yourself, yeah. Just just move on. There's plenty of like other your mother said, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. Yeah, there's, there's, <laughs> there's other stuff for you to listen to out there. I'm sure that the Grammy uh, Awards has great podcasts as well. So uh, just saying. Anyway, um, all right, let's do this. Let's step away for a break, come back. We'll talk about the race that just happened this weekend. Of course, the Bush Light Clash at the Coliseum. And we'll talk about the race. We'll break it down. And then we'll have some fun reliving every moment of that race. But first, let's tell you about WinBet. The official online sports book of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. WinBet is active in a bunch of states and more on the way. There's tons of ways to win, including live betting and same game parlays, which we also know better as WinBet's build your own bet. Big games here, and WinBet's got you covered with great promos, odds, payouts are all happening right now at WinBet. Are you ready to play? Sign up today. You're going to get a special offer. Bet $100, get $100. Of course, limited to state availability. And of course, if you hit the biggest long shot parlay of the week, you're going to get a $1,000 free credit. There's so much to choose from, and all you have to do is head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet so they know that we sent you that sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. Offer subject to change terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in the state where playthrough winbet is available. If you or somebody new has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. You're going to be in Arizona for the big game? Yeah, you are. Go make sure to check out SGP's live show at the Ainsworth, the mothership, holding it down live from the Super Bowl world. That's Thursday at 11 a.m. You want to go register today at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash big game, all one word, B-I-G-G-A-M-E. Show's free, just like everything else on the SGPN, and you'll be able to watch the show and have some drinks with Sean and Ryan. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash big game. Cody, they're tempting me to go out to Arizona and go have some fun with them at the big game. Hey, uh, that sounds like a good time. I wish I was a little closer. <laughs> well, if you are in the area or if you are going to be in Arizona, please don't miss out. Sean and Ryan, fantastic human beings. So much knowledge, so much fun, so many bets to place for this Super Bowl. Make sure you head out there because uh, it's probably worth your time. Well, in fact, yeah. not probably. I know it's worth your time. Yeah, it is worth your time for sure. Yeah, yeah. They did. Uh, they did the Madden Sim yesterday. Uh, I caught the second half after the race was over, and and that was pretty fun. And listen to them commentating the simulated Super Bowl. Eagles won. So if you need to 
place a bet, I guess you better better put it on the Eagles. You know, Sean put that thing on like super easy mode and and, and injured. How many times did they record this one before they put it on? Or basically, he just injured the first two quarterbacks from the other from the Chiefs. He went through Patrick Mahomes and then. Hey, they even had like McCall Hardman playing, who's not going to play in the game. So So McCall was the the quarterback then, right? The emergency quarterback. (laughs) Right, of course, that's how it works, right, bitch? All right. Uh, so yes, it was the Bush Light Clash of the Coliseum. Things kicked off on Saturday with practice, and Cody, bro, I I don't remember last season, and maybe it was because I was not necessarily watching it with the same sort of critical eye that I was this year, and maybe because I didn't know, none of us knew what to expect, so we just sort of thought, okay. But man, tempers ran hot all. <laughs> weekend long and it started in practice man that oh my god i can't believe how many just how many encounters we saw on the track during practice yeah i think we might uh might have some rivalries that came out of the la race there but yeah in practice like you said chase briscoe got into aj allmendinger a little bit there and then uh allmendinger was not a fan and quickly repaid repaid briscoe had some words on the radio for him uh and yeah like you said that was just in practice and then during the main event, of course, Chastain and Denny 2.0, that, uh, that flared back up. And then uh, Kyle Busch, not happy with Joey Logano. He says he's got one coming. So going to be interesting to, to keep an eye on that as they go throughout the season. And, you know, sometimes these guys say that and then nothing ever comes from it. So we'll have to see who follows up and, uh, and whatnot. Yeah, I mean, you want to talk about just some absolutely crazy, crazy things. And, you know, for the most part, practice is just practice. But you put drivers on a what you had said earlier, too, and what we said earlier, a high school track, right? And you have them driving around what essentially equates to what you ran on when you were in high school. Like, I, I mean, I know that when I was running the mile, I, I wanted to push people out of the way, and we had plenty of room for, like, eight or nine of us to run abreast, right? Like, these cars barely three wide. Yeah, I want to shuck and duck too, man. Like, you come up on the back of this bumper, that bumper's not safe. And we saw a lot of physical and a lot of aggressive moves over the course of the weekend. And, I, you know, that's what this race is all about now, right? I mean, now these guys know what they're up against uh, on this track. Yeah, well, I think there was a couple of things. First of all, last year, brand new car, right? First race, nobody knew what to expect. Brand new track, first race, nobody knew what to expect. Everybody was kind of more timid. Didn't really know what to expect. And, and everything was just new, right? And now you come into this year and we've got a season under our belt in this car. We've been to this track before. We've been to similar-ish short tracks. Where we've maybe figured some stuff out. And everybody was a little more free to just kind of go do what they wanted to and and go for it, right? And they did. <laughs> Uh, and so I think that that led to the over-aggressiveness. Things just kind of got sloppy in the back sometimes. It just seemed like guys were just kind of getting ridiculous. And then somebody would bu- you know, bump somebody, and then they would bump somebody else, and then that person would think that the guy bumped them when they got bumped into them, and, and then things just went crazy. you know. So I think that that was, was probably maybe why it ended up being what it was. But I think that we saw a lot of very positive things. Um, you go back to last year, not a ton of passing on any of the short tracks, right? That was, that was the one place that this car seemed to struggle. Martinsville, when, when they went to Martinsville in the spring, Chase Elliott led the first 
175 laps. And then he lost it on a on the lead on a pit strategy, and William Byron took it and led from there out. Like, and that was it. We didn't see anybody could nobody could pass anything. And now, and the same thing at the clash last year, it was much harder to pass. There was some passing, a lot of moving. Most of the way to pass last year was moving people out of the way. You didn't have to do that this year. We saw, I mean, Kyle Bush went all the way to the back after he got spun out and raced. He was passing guys on the outside, raced all the way back up to the front. Ryan Priest was masterful out there passing cars. His freaking problem he had, whatever it was, I think they ended up deciding after the race it was a fuel pump issue, but well, luckily he still cashed our big bet for us. But, uh, but yeah, it, it. I'm impressed with where we're kind of at in this race. And there was that period of time where it was like caution, green two green flag laps caution, a green flag lap caution, and that part sucked. But the rest of the entire weekend was great racing. The heat races were amazing. Practice was exciting, right? We talked about the tempers flaring. Heat races were good. The LCQs were okay. They kind of got strung out after a while. But And then the main event, for the most part, there was a lot of good racing other than that one section where we just had all the cautions. But you throw that part out, and it was a great weekend of racing. Again, just so happy that cars are back on the track. Got to see it. And, uh, yeah, a lot, of, a lot of fun in my opinion. Well, yeah, so after practices, and, and you talked about the heat races, it, it basically, those heat races were so much fun because it was just, it felt like they were all competitive. I mean, it wasn't like we saw the last time, except for the last one where I think um, uh, there was uh, all 25 laps were led by uh, William Byron. Yeah. But before, Byron. yeah, it was it was uh, Eric Almarola who won the first heat race. He only led eight laps, um, but Justin Haley mm, led 18 of those <sighs> laps, man. And, and couldn't finish it out. He ended up uh, getting shuffled back into third place. So heat one was Almarola, Bowman, Haley, Gragson, Logano, McDowell, Burton, Gibbs, uh, I'm sorry, Dylan and, uh, and Busher. Uh, that was the first heat race, and that was the order in which they finished. But, yeah, I mean, like for Justin Haley, that was 18 laps, man. That was his to win, and then he just lost just it. Lost it there at the end. That was unfortunate. He... Again, like obviously our big bet was on him. Ton of people in the Discord had him. The Discord was great this week. Again, if you're not in there, jump in there. Um, yeah, we've got a lot of new people and everybody was talking throughout the race. It was a lot of fun, but everybody was riding with Haley. And man, it, it was looking good. He comes out super fast in practice, qualifies fastest. And then he led 18 laps and it was like, man, it looks like he's going to start on the front row. And then he just kind of slipped up and lost two spots. That puts you from first all the way back to ninth or wherever you end up starting. And and then it, things just didn't go great for him from there. But, uh, but yeah, again, I think there's a lot of positives to be taken out of this race. Um, and, again, I think maybe they learned a few things if they're going to come back here next year. They expanded the field to 27. Maybe we cut the field back down to 24 like we had last year. It seemed like things went a lot smoother when there was just a few less cars on the track. That's another column in the this probably can't be a points race thing. You're not getting 36 cars out there. That will be an absolute disaster. Um, maybe they do like iRacing and you get, once you've been in so many incidents, Arkia, who knows? But uh, but yeah, overall, I think that this is going to be a good sign for the upcoming short tracks. When we get to Richmond, which wasn't great racing last year, when we get to Martinsville, which wasn't great racing last year, I think that maybe the one thing that was missing on this car, which was the short tracks being good, potentially we at least got a glimpse of could be fixed and, and we could have some really good racing 
uh, come those short tracks. I concur. Um, Heat race two consisted of the following order. Truex, Bush, Dylan, Larson, Harvick, Elliott, Stenhouse, Austin Sendrick, and BJ McLeod. That was the running order for the end of that heat race. Kyle Busch, another Haley situation where he led the majority of the laps. Kyle Busch led 18 but uh, gave way to Martin Truex Jr. later in that heat race. We'll save all of the Martin Truex Jr. stuff for the third segment, but just in that heat race alone, I think that was the precursor for what we what we were about to see because Truex was fast in practice as well and fast in that heat race and obviously put himself uh, in, the, in the front by winning that, that heat race. Yep, and just go ahead and jot this down in your notebook now. When we do get to those short tracks, the Richmonds, the New Hampshire's, the Martinsville's, Joe Gibbs Racing, and Toyota. They were fucking fast all weekend, and I think that's going to be something we continue to see. Yeah. Well, speaking of which, Denny Hamlin had that third heat race in his lap. He had 20, ra- 20 laps. He was one of the only one. The second two heat races were the ones where we saw the more dominant uh performances where Denny Hamlin led 20 laps of his heat race. Christopher Bell led five, so... You talk about three Gibbs drivers right there, all being fast on this track, like you had said, all leading laps in their heat races, uh, and two of them winning. So Denny Hamlin, Chase Briscoe, Tyler Reddick, Ryan Blaney, Daniel Suarez, Christopher Bell, Todd Gilliland, Brad Kozlowski, J.J. Yaley rounded out that third heat race. The fourth heat race consisted of William Byron, who led all 25 laps to take his home. Bubba Wallace was up there as well. Uh, in second, Ross Chastain. Third, Ryan Priest in fourth. Eric Jones, Ty Gibbs, A.J. Allmendinger, Corey LaJoy, and Cody Ware rounded out that heat race. Ty Gibbs, of note, could not qualify because of his incident in practice uh, and, and where he <laughs> caught on fire. Bro, that was scary. Yeah, that was, again, with the issues we saw last year with the fires, and the rocker boxes and stuff. This one sounds like it wasn't that, which is a good sign. It sounds like just something was improperly installed. But I did think that our buddy Derek uh, Yoder had a great tweet today. Um, He said it's crazy how nobody's talking about how well the Gen 7 car held up over the weekend. Like The one major issue was with the 54 car on Saturday. Um, And then just you know gave a shout-out to the teams and, and how hard they're working to make this car better and safer and that definitely was the case. Like that was the one incident we saw, right? The one major failure. Um, whereas last year there was, you know, Tyler Reddick from the lead, just all of a sudden his car wasn't working. Other guys had issues throughout the weekend and the night. And we didn't really see that this time, which speaks to how well these teams have continued to work all off season and, and get the cars ready and prepared. But yeah, scary. It's always fire is always scary. Right. And Boyer made, made the comment on the the broadcast that that's the one thing that the one, only thing that ever scared him about a race car was fire right and of course we talked about how they're implementing the extra fire protection these guys have to wear and i think that that quickly showed why they're making us do that because things can get crazy like that luckily he got out he was okay they were actually able to save the car uh he wasn't able to qualify it um but they were able to save the car and he was still able to race it the next day and ended up racing his way into the uh the main event and he was actually one of the fastest cars in practice too so it is going to be something to keep an eye on I, again those those gibbs cars those toyotas very very fast all weekend 
Uh, obviously, his day didn't end the way he wanted it to on Sunday, but he still ended up showing pretty pretty well. I was a bit scared for all my bad Ty Gibbs takes for a few minutes there. <laughs> and look, honestly, if it weren't for that, we may have been talking about a different story of him on the weekend because he just it seemed to his luck just got worse as the weekend went on. Uh, obviously, in that heat race, he didn't look all that great. Um, and, and then in the main event, he just kept getting punched around and beaten around. Yeah. It's, yeah. Once you get to the back and that, it just seemed like crazy bumper cars and it was hard to, to do much from there. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was the, that was it. That was a heat race. And then of course the last chance qualifiers, uh, a couple of sets there, Michael McDowell won his in his, it was, uh, McDowell, Bell, Gilliland, Burton, Kozlowski, Dylan. Uh, those guys are not really worth. And then Chase Elliott won uh, his second chance to get in with Ty Gibbs, Almondinger, Stenhouse, Cindric, LaJoy, Cody Ware, and BJ McLeod. Uh, so, yeah, that was that was your last chance. And then, of course, the main event was set. We'll talk about the main event when we break down our bets. Um, but, yeah, I mean, like I said, the heat races I thought were a lot of fun, even despite the fact that uh, Byron still ran away with his. Bubba made it interesting, and I still feel like uh, some of the other uh, races around the, the back of that one still made it interesting. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Eric Almirola proved to you short flat tracks. He can still get it done uh, in his heat race. And yeah, just, I mean, that was the beginning of, wow, these guys can actually pass, right? Because we saw good passes, clean passes. I mean, there's going to be some bumping always on that short of a track. But but these guys proved that the track was was going to be good and the cars were good enough to, to do some actual real racing. Um, and so, yeah, it was a very positive way to start the weekend. Indeed. Um, all right. Well, let's go ahead and break down our bets after the break because we had some good ones, we had some not so good ones, uh, and we're going to break them all down for you when we come back from the break. Oh, that's the wrong button. That's the button. <laughs> Tell you to make sure to sign up for the SGPN app. Get your own big game bingo card full of all your favorite big game prop bets. If you get a bingo, you're going to get a $57 SGPN gift card. The only catch is you got to be subscribed to the Sports Gambling Podcast and the NFL Gambling Podcast on YouTube in order to win. And in honor of the big game, SGPN is hosting a prop bet contest. Make your picks for 57 different prop bets. The winner is going to get $570 in cash and a $570 gift card to the SGPN store. As always, all of our contests are free to play and exclusively on the SGPN app. All right, now that I've remembered which buttons to push, let's move on to the breakdown of our bets. Let's just uh, let's let's just get this out of the way before we even start talking about our bets. Cody Martin Truex Jr. came out of retirement and actually won this race. How do you feel? The floor well, is I yours. I have a couple. I have a couple of comments on this. First of all. I don't feel bad for not picking him because I said I wasn't going to pick him until after he won. Now that monkey's off his back, so I'm cleared to pick him at some point this season if I want to. So I feel feel okay about that. Um, we kind of touched on it last week, right? The, the breakup bump. Maybe he would get it. And Martin Truex Jr. this weekend sounded like a different guy than 2022 Martin Truex. 2022 Martin Truex Jr. sounded beat down, didn't know if he still wanted to do this, didn't know if he still cared about racing. This weekend, Martin Truex Jr. sounded like a new person 
excited about racing. He was ready to go. He was ready to prove to people he's not done. He's refocused on racing. And I, you know, <laughs> I, I don't know the best way to put it, but sometimes, you know, maybe things in the relationship or, or everything with that was just taking the focus away. That stuff can happen. And, and they parted ways and then it gave him time to refocus and be like, okay, I'm a race car driver. This is what I love to do. I want to go be good again. We know we can be good. It's, it was never a case of he wasn't a great driver. He was overrated, anything like that. He's a champion. He's won tons of races. He's had success at multiple at multiple different stops along the way in different manufacturers, all of that stuff. So it's never that we doubted his talent or what he could do. It was just he was in that slump, and, and you could tell he wasn't going to get out of it last year, and we profited from that. But brand-new Martin Truex Jr. this year, so – no longer is it just an auto fade on Truex. And I think, again, with the way that, that Toyotas and, and Gibbs were so – not just Gibbs, all the Toyotas. The Gibbs Toyotas and the 2311 Toyotas with Bubba and Redick were very, very, very fast, very good this weekend. Um, and so I think that Martin Truex Jr. very easily could be somebody we're going to be betting on come Richmond, come Martinsville and those tracks. And he's been great at those in the past. Even last year at Martinsville, he was very good in the first race before something happened and held him out. And again, he, as bad as last year was, he ended up finishing like top five in the regular season standings, but he didn't make the playoffs because there were so many winners. And so it, it seemed like maybe worse of a season than it really was. But the being able to fade him, I think, is gone now. And he's like, he's a totally new person. So we'll see. There is some some curse of, winning the clash and then guys don't win for 10 races after that going back. I don't have it in front of me. I'll have to find that stat, but it goes back quite a few years. So that's kind of interesting, uh, but worked out. Okay. For Joey Logano last year ends up winning the championship. So uh, yeah, Martin Truex Jr. is back. And uh, yeah, I think uh, the auto fade is, has been turned off. Uh, well, hey, listen, we've always said we'll adjust course when need be, so it's not necessarily as if we're going to uh, steer you in the wrong direction just because we're trying to stick to our guns, but no, we'll, we'll give yeah, you what no. we need to give you. <laughs> I got no problem changing stream mid-course. It's Yeah, I mean, did it with Harvick last year, worked out for us at the end of the season, and Hamlin, and we talked about that the whole time, like we were fading Hamlin, we knew it wasn't going to last, we knew it was going to end eventually. And with Truex, you weren't sure because he's so close to the end. He talked about retirement. Maybe he was just going to fall off and, and right off in the sunset. But obviously something changed. I mean, to me, he's a totally different person than he even was last year. And I think just the way that he was so confident and talking all weekend and then going out there and putting on the performance he did, that's completely changed my mindset when it comes to Martin Truex. And I think that we're going to have to take him seriously the rest of the season. I cannot argue with you on that one, but that leads right into your first bet in which you took Kevin Harvick over Martin Truex Jr. And I want to say that this this had legs from the beginning, but Harvick never looked as fast as we were hoping that he'd look. And then, of course, we talked about Truex all throughout practice, all throughout the, the qualifying races and, and everything. It just... Truex just had the speed. I mean, and again, Harvick wasn't there. I don't know what it was about those cars, but uh, Almirola's looked fast, but Harvick's did not. Maybe Harvick spent too much time in the booth while uh, while practice was going on, and he got too comfortable uh, and didn't carry on into the into the race. But you know, again, for his last hurrah, kind of a, a little lackluster performance out of out of Kevin Harvick this weekend. Yeah, and we'll talk about this maybe more when we get into our two Ford bets. But 
Ford, and we talked about how they did last year. They struggled big time despite Joey winning in a Ford. Again, this year, very much a struggle by Ford. They, I mean, their top car finished seventh. Harvick was the second Ford in 12th. And then you got all the way back to 15th, 16th, 17th, where you find Briscoe, Blaney, and, and Logano. So Ford just struggled. Almarola looked good in his heat race, but then was nowhere to be found after that. Harvick just kept getting bumped, and he just lost it every time he got bumped and sent to the back again. And he still fought his way up and ended up 12th, which was an okay finish. Um, I'm never going to be sad betting on Harvick. Uh, we've talked about that a million times, and I wasn't sad betting against Truex. So going back, I, I have no regrets doing it. Now Truex has proved we can shut off that auto fade, and and we'll have to think about something like this more differently. But I think that the thinking was right there, at least until we saw saw the flip. And with these head-to-heads in this race, as much as people were getting spun out and bumper card, any of them could have gone any direction at any point of time for sure well that kind of leads into mine in which i took ryan blaney over denny hamlin and for a little bit that was looking okay but then man you want to talk about bumper cars blaney's car basically looked like people had taken sledgehammers to it for the better part of an hour and a half and just went to town on it i don't i don't know that there was a two-lap stretch in which i did not see someone contacting that 12 car if not spinning it around completely at one point the, the bright yellow and <sighs> uh, and green coloring just attracted everybody i guess <laughs> it was like a bull with a red cape like everybody was after that 12 car and and unfortunately for him it was because he was mired back in that traffic from the beginning and and really just you know it, it wasn't he never had an opportunity to to do what some of those other cars did because when he tried it Either his car wasn't responding or he put himself into bigger trouble uh, in which he just could not get out of. Now, it's not as if Denny Hamlin didn't didn't have a, a pretty adventurous race himself. I mean, he was in front and then he was not. He, he led 26 laps. <laughs> and then he got moved by the guy who, whose car he owns. Bubba Wallace just said, see you later, boss. <laughs> yeah. I mean, look, I, and I wonder, because I haven't really even followed up uh, uh, on, on what the whole aftermath is, but I wonder if you respect your driver more if they if they race you hard or if you're like, nah, buddy, like, I'm the boss. You should have done I me. think Denny respects the hard race. I, would I hope think so. he wants to see that. I, I think he does. And Bubba, we're not going to talk about Bubba because really because we didn't have any bets, but very impressed with him. Again, showing his ability to be up front and battle with these guys. It didn't work out for him in the end, but he's going to be somebody, as much as some people don't like it, that we're going to be talking about plenty this year. Um, and, man, he looked good and impressive. We saw the, the speed they had a mile and a half last year in that 23-11 camp. I think we're going to see that again. Obviously, the shorter, flatter tracks now. We saw the speed Toyota had, um, and then we know how good of a super speedway racer he is. So we're talking about Bubba Wallace a lot this year, I think. Yeah, we certainly will. Uh, but anyways, the end result of that that bet, Denny Hamlin finishes ninth. Ryan Blaney comes in in 17th. But uh, again, not for lack of trying. <laughs> it was just a rough race for that 12 car. Uh, and I, I don't think he was having very much fun either out there for sure. His radio, his radio chatter. A lot of guys weren't having a ton of fun, I don't no, think. <laughs> no, no. Uh, and then for you, I, I'll tell you, I know that uh, William Byron had fun during his heat race, uh, but I don't think he had a lot of fun during the actual race himself. Uh, the 24 car was kind of in and out of, of consciousness here and there, but you picked him to finish over 
Ross Chastain. This was a closer one than the other ones, but Ross Chastain coming in eighth, William Byron coming in tenth. I mean, again, these two cars were in it all all day long. Yeah, not, neither of these guys really impressed me though. I mean, they were up there, but they didn't. I mean, they weren't really in the picture the whole night. Byron looked good in his heat race, so I was like, okay, you know, maybe there's that. But other than that, neither of them really impressed. They weren't guys that were getting spun out a ton. Ross had his, his one, you know, run in with Denny. But other than that, they just kind of hung around mid pack. They finished mid pack, 10th and 8th. That could be a toss up either way. So that one just kind of is what it is. <laughs> yeah. It, and look, honestly, for the most part with Chastain, his aggressive driving, and we talked about his aggressive driving being uh, either an Achilles heel on this track or a positive on this track, but it seemed like. Unless you were Denny Hamlin, he wasn't necessarily trying to be all that overly aggressive. He was doing the same amount of bumping and, and, and banging that everybody else was doing, but he wasn't putting bumpers to to people with the consistency that I think we had expected him to, which is probably why he didn't move up very much. And in fact, he was kind of having a quiet weekend altogether. It wasn't as if he was having um, a lot of success, it, even that's at practice. Really the only time I remember him even being mentioned was when he hit Denny, like, other than that, it was very quiet, and maybe that's a positive step in that he's going to tone down the aggression a little. You don't want him to tone it all the way down, right, because that's part of who he is. But, but yeah, I, I think that he definitely wasn't near as aggressive as we thought maybe he would be. All right, my next bet took Kyle Busch over Joey Logano, and you want to talk about the curse of not being a first year for Joey Logano. That, that guy, he... He, again, look, maybe, maybe it was the booth. Maybe there was something in the water in that booth because Logano and Harvick were both up there. And yeah, Kyle Busch was up there, too, though. Well, that's true. Kyle Busch was up there for a hot second. <laughs> Although yep. he had some issues in the race. Yeah, he did. <laughs> he just overcame his issues. <laughs> yeah, well, sh yeah, he did. Uh, but, yeah, for Joey Logano, I, I don't – I mean, even he was saying that he wasn't necessarily having all that much fun out there. He was saying that it was a, a pretty much a free-for-all Wild West showdown when he was in the booth, and he was like, yeah. And, and to me, I almost felt like – this was perfect because the bet itself was was sort of resting on how aggressive Logano was going to be and how much he learned from last season. I think he learned that this is not a race you want to go out there and tear yourself up over. Hang back, run your laps, and uh, entertain the fans, and uh, live to see the Daytona 500, which he did. Kyle Busch obviously coming in in third. Joey Logano, 16th. And the 22 was not in a lot of trouble either. Like, he got spun out a couple of times, but, like, Again, he was just one of those guys that once once he realized that he didn't have anything for these guys in the front, he was just going to log laps. Yeah, speaking about realizing you didn't have anything, how about the new Kyle Busch pulling over and letting his teammate go by to chase for the win? That was impressive from from the Kyle Busch mindset, right? You never would have seen that in the past. And uh, But, man, for all the people who down on RCR this season, it's already looking bad for you. Hopefully that continues to go because – Kyle Busch and Austin Dillon both looked very good. They obviously both ended up on the podium. Um, but, yeah, very impressed with Kyle and how he ran in the eight car. Um, and, I again, I'm, I've been on the train tooting the horn all offseason, and that's not going to slow down anytime soon. So, yeah, great call by you. We talked about it. Joey Logano, first of all, the championship hangover. That's been a case that's gone back for a while now. And then just not it not being something new and – for whatever reason, Joey just wins the new things and then falls off the next season, I guess. Well, he definitely fell and fell hard. But, you know, again, it wasn't as if he was 
I, he doesn't have anything to prove. Like it's, it's all, you know, it's fun. Yeah, it's fun to win this race, and it'd be fun to get the gold medal. But you know, whatever. When you when you know you're not out there to win, uh, especially on a track like this, there's no sense in, in trying to get too too crazy. So uh, yep. definitely respect that. All right, you had as the next bet Justin Haley as a top three car. It was looking good all Ooh. weekend long. It was looking good. Yeah. No, I think. I mean, so top three at plus sixteen hundred. There was great value here. Also, I gave him out to win at 75 to one. He comes out. He's fast in practice. He sits on the pole. I love when the broadcast brings up. Nobody really saw this coming. And I'm screaming. Yes, I did. I talked about this all last week. We saw it coming. Uh, but his odds plummeted, right? It was down to 20 to one or less before before the racing started. So I think that having both of those things there, the 75 to one to win and the 16 to one for a top three, even though neither of them hit, it felt really good knowing he was as fast as we thought he would be. He showed up like we thought he would. If he would have been able to hang on to that heat race win, I think it would have been a different story, but he just kind of got mired up in the muck there and, and didn't have anything to get up front. Um, and so unfortunately, neither of these cashed, but with as fast as he was all weekend and as strong as he showed, I was happy to be on him. Uh, and I wouldn't change that going back. Very good chance I'm going to pick him. 100% chance I pick him to win Saturday in the Xfinity Series race at Daytona. And a pretty good chance I'm going to pick him to win the Daytona 500 as well. I think that Justin Haley is going to have a huge season. And uh, he started it off good here at the Clash. He finished 11th. And, I mean, I we talked about, too, honestly, the the bringing in of, of A.J. Allmendinger full-time to, to that 16 ride. And... We saw them standing off to the side. I don't remember if it was during practice or, or uh, heat race or whatever, but you could already see like the chemistry between them just being teammates. And I, I don't know what it was. Maybe maybe I was in an emotional mood. Maybe I was in sort of like a, a an awe type of a mood. But anytime I saw these teammates this this time around, like I just felt like they just everybody's everybody's happy, right? Everybody's happy in their teams. Well. You know, Justin, Justin uh, jokingly refers to him as dad. <laughs> so uh, I think they do have that relationship because they were teammates in the Xfinity series mm -hmm. uh, before Justin moved up full time into the cup series. Uh, now that they're back together as they were still teammates, but across series now that they're in the same garage again, I think that's nothing but good for uh, for Justin because he does look at AJ as as a, a leader figure and somebody that's been there and and taught him a lot. AJ's got a lot to teach, right? He's got tons of experience across different series and types of cars and everything. And I think that Justin has soaked that up and that's helped him a ton. That's right. One of my one of the soldiers that I'm in charge of is just turned 21 a little while ago and <laughs> yes, he refers to me as dad as well and it's true. The math works out. So, yeah. uh, I don't I don't know. I'm just saying. Uh all right. Let's move on to the next bet where I had Harvick as the top Ford in this race, Harvick, spoiler alert, was not the top Ford, but he was the second Ford in this. Uh, and, and again, we just talked about the fact that he didn't really have a lot for the field. Fords did not perform very well in this race at all. Harvick finishing 12th uh, to the guy that you considered as the top Ford. But yeah, I mean, I'm not going to rehash Harvick. It's just, like I said, maybe he was too, too excited about the big announcement of the weekend not necessarily caring where he placed in this because he knew it was just an exhibition race. Um, and once once you, I think in practice in the heat races, once they established that the, the race was going to be the way it was, 
I mean, Harvick got caught up in a lot of the the messes in the in the middle of the pack too. So that probably I would dissuade me from trying to to get anywhere other than out of the mess and off that track. Yeah, yeah, it, it's. I mean, we already talked about him and how it just it wasn't good weekend for Ford. And that, I mean, honestly, so you brought that up, and then I backed it up with the Ryan Priest top Ford at fourteen to one, and we talked about how Ford didn't perform well last year. Joey Logano won the race, yes, but other than that, Ford struggled overall. Custer finished seventh, which is crazy because Priest also finished seventh this year in the forty-one car. I just realized that, but that was kind of the thing: was a guy like Custer who just hadn't lived up to it in the Cup Series was able to wheel that car. Priest again in the Rick Ware car had done great last year, making the show, had a solid run until he uh, had an issue with the car and wasn't able to finish the race. But Priest, man. He looked like he could win that race. I thought he was going to. I had gotten on him live during the race. I dropped that in the Discord. So I was starting to sweat that out as well as the 14-1 to 1, um, as the top forward. But then he had the fuel pump issue there. And whew, I really started sweating. I'm like, I'm watching cars. I'm like, okay, no Fords back to Harvick. Okay, good. Stay back there, please. And then he got things going. And it was like, so he definitely gave us a sweat. But man, Priest really, really impressed on the weekend. Um, and I think that's that's the start of big things for him this season as well. So, so yeah, just kind of jumping into my next bet was the Priest one. And, and we talked about take both of these, right? Take Priest, take Harvick. You're getting good value on both. Hopefully one of them hits. And had Priest fallen out at that point, the Harvick one would have hit. So I think it, it was still a good call um, overall to take both of these plus money bets and hopefully cash one. And it would have been the two that cashed, right? Yeah, and again for you, it was it was good call because that forty one car, like you said, just looked so good, and it was staying out of trouble. I don't think and he got his, hit. That, no, well, and that's his kind of racing too. He he grew up in the modifieds, which is an open wheel car. You can't bump in those cars because your tire goes over the other guy's tire and creates a nightmare. And so, yeah, he just. But I mean, the way he was surgically moving through the field, like he would pass cars without touching them. And it was crazy good. He looked fast. He looked good. Really thought he had a chance. I'd have rather seen him one than Truex, but oh well. We still cashed the fourteen to one. So that's a pretty. It's a pretty nice way to start off the season. We didn't pick the winner right, but a fourteen to one. Uh, we'll take that any week. And uh, good. Good way to start the season. Headed towards Daytona. Indeed. Uh, all right. Let's move on to my next bet. I had the Kyle Busch as the top Chevy one place off and if he didn't give it up to Austin Dillon I know it would have very easily been <laughs> Kyle Busch as the top Chevy but all of a sudden Kyle Busch decides new team new me so I'm gonna go ahead and allow my teammate to try to chase down Martin Truex for the win Kyle bro come on man top Chevy for you was plus 425 that would have been fantastic if you would have just kept that and had he not got spun out and sent all the way to the back and had to come back back to the front there's a real good chance he won that race. Um, so yeah, again, I'm very impressed with Kyle. I did think it was funny. I think as Jordan Bianchi pointed out that Richard Childress was actually the more aggressive person after Joey Logano wrecked Kyle Busch. Uh, Kyle remained calm on the radio and Richard comes on the radio and says the 20, it was the 22. Make sure you take care of that. Like telling him to go wreck. You know? And I was like, damn, calm down, calm down, grandpa. <laughs> Wait, I, I which which radio traffic was it where uh, the the um, spotter was like, I, I oh, want to send oh, tell oh, you where to go. send him. You can, yeah, man, I don't remember. I know which one you're talking about. Yeah, 
but I can't remember who it was, but they were like, basically like you have for, I think they said you have permission. Yeah, no, there was that one. There was that one. But then there was the other one where the guy goes, uh, I'll tell you where I want him. I want him to go. Like, and then, and then Tony goes, I want to know where he wants him to go. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. There was quite a few, uh, pretty funny, uh, radio communications. So yeah, that that was, uh, that's always entertaining. And too, it came up in the discord, but if you are on PC, you can get the radio chatter for free throughout the season. Um, and so that's something I highly recommend. It gives you a different perspective on the race and you can kind of keep track of things that the broadcast isn't necessarily talking about, uh, what's going on. If you, if you follow some of the scanner traffic, which you can do for free on, uh, on the, the computer. Yeah. And we always love the story within the story within the story. So um, exactly. definitely keep an eye on that. Uh, all right. So let's see your next bet. Then afterwards was uh, Tyler Reddick as the top Toyota. <sighs> what was it about Tyler Reddick? T- I mean, there was like, there was good, there was good Tyler. And then there was not good Tyler. Like I don't, I, he disappeared for so much of that race, ended up finishing sixth, but like, I don't know what happened. He was so fast for a little while, and then he wasn't. Yeah, he was kind of a little bit up and down, but overall, I'm impressed. I think, again, back to the speed of the Toyotas and how good they were, he ends up being the second Toyota. Only Truex, who won the race, beat him. Um, and so a plus 325, again, it's it's not – it didn't hit, but I feel like it was still a good bet to make. He wasn't as good as I had hoped to see him be. So maybe that that kind of skews it because I had pretty high expectations. Obviously, you did too. Um, but yeah, it, he just he was it was very up and down. He was kind of there, and then he wasn't. Then he was. Then he wasn't. And he just kind of moseyed in in sixth place. It was so like highly underwhelming, and I just I couldn't believe that that's what we were watching out of him. So I don't know. Like I, my frustration with Tyler Reddick, I'll get there all the way uh, when we talk about the winners, but. Yeah, I don't know. It was just tough. Uh, all right, I did have the winning car over 12 and a half at minus 124. Uh, but yeah, we talked about, you know, you were like, oh, I don't know. And I said, yeah, but there's a lot more cars over 12 and a half than there are under. So, um, yep, Martin Truex made us a very, uh, a very right in that case, as his car was number 19. And that, of course, if I'm good at math, is over 12.5. So, uh, fantastic there. And in fact, if you kind of look at, uh, at the cars, it was the 19, the three, the eight that were the top three. So luckily we got the right one out of those three, because if either the three or the eight would have actually won, uh, you would have had to go back to Alex Bowman in fourth to have another shot at that. Yeah. And man, Alex Bowman in fourth. So weird. Cause he was very quiet on the weekend, but all quiet on the um, weekend. <laughs> yeah. But no, yeah. Good call for you. Uh, Again, there, there was a little value in in having the over. And again, you get so many more cars, so many different numbers. If Priest could have stayed up there, that would have cashed as well. Bubba was up there for a while. That would have cashed for you. Um, so, yeah, great call on your part uh, with, with going over the 12 and a half. Yay, I got one right. Um, all right, and then, of course, let's get to our winners uh, yep. where you talked had to, Elliot. Talked about Justin Haley, yep. 75 to 1. Chase Elliott, 8 to 1. I have no further comment. <laughs> what a rough. He almost didn't even make the race. I mean, maybe it would have been better if he didn't. It was just, it was rough. I, yeah, not what I expected from Elliot this weekend. And I don't, I really, I don't know what else to say. I picked him because I thought that the, the cluster of guys at the top were just tough. You weren't sure who it was going to be. 
Um, and Elliot won the most races last year. He was the most consistent car throughout the season. So it was like, I think you go with him. He's my favorite driver as well. So that helps another, another, you know, tally in his column, but yeah, it, it was rough. He, I mean, he did not advance in his heat race. He went out, dominated the last chance qualifier. It was nice to see him and Ty Gibbs, you know, race cleanly there at the end and neither one hurt their cars or their chances advancing. And then he just had, I mean, he was the pinball of all pinballs at the back of that main event and just was not having it. I don't think he cares for that type of race. Maybe I should have looked into that a little more. I don't, I think he could care less to win something like that. And uh, yeah, he came nowhere close finishing in 21st. So uh, rough one for Chase Elliott. He was not. Yeah. He just wasn't having it. In fact, he was only the second of uh, the car, the second to last of the cars that were actually running at the end of the race. Bubba Wallace, of course, being the last one. Uh, And then they finished all 150 laps after everybody that was running finished all 150 laps. That is, that is incredible. Nobody was a lap down at the end of the race. That was other than the ones that didn't finish, like right. Gilliland and race, yeah. McDowell. Which, by the way, can I just? Which there say, was enough cautions and lucky dogs that you know. How many? Fifteen <laughs> cautions. Everybody got their laps back. What was it? It was a. Uh, it was. It 15. was. Yeah, it was somewhere between fifteen and twenty or something. Sixteen. Sixteen cautions. 16, yeah. sixteen cautions. That yeah, was that's between fifteen and twenty. Yeah, it is good. <laughs> good call. Uh, but yeah, and then four four cars did not finish this race. Todd Gilliland, Michael McDowell, Austin Sindrick, uh, Ty Gibbs. Two and of then them Aaron ran out Jones. of gas at the end too. Yeah, it was, it was Ty- Gilliland and McDowell. And so that's something yeah. that I think NASCAR is going to have to look at next year too, as far as yeah. if you if I you mean, let him run the last they didn't chance qualifier. Have a chance anyway. No, but, but yeah. That's not fair to them. Ended up being so many caution laps with the caution laps not counting. Yeah. Yeah. They used it all up. (laughs) So it literally used it all up. But um, yeah, again, overall for this being the first race of the season, thank God. Welcome back NASCAR, man. We are so, so excited to actually be watching races that matter. Lots of great stuff to take away. I thought Noah Gragson uh, is going to be in for a good season. He had some, some spurts there that looked good in that 42 car. Yep. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing what these new teams are going to do for, you know, Tyler Reddick again and for Kyle Busch, right? I mean, instant, instant return on, on both of those, especially for Kyle Busch, um, which, you know, that's no surprise to us. But, yeah, this is going to be an interesting season, man. Uh, only two rookies, like we said, Gragson and Gibbs. So this is going to be a race between them to see who who uh, gets the good, better part and, of the season. I mean, honestly, both impressed this weekend. So mm-hmm. good, good start for both of them. Um, obviously we talked about Gibbs having his issues and Gregson, the result that wasn't necessarily there, but he had flashes where he looked pretty good, a little bit too aggressive at points where he was kind of bumping through guys, but overall, I mean, he was at least out there and looked solid. So, uh, yeah, I think it'll be a fun rookie battle to watch between those guys. And yeah, we got, got the rush shook off, right? Now we're good. We already hit a 14 to one winner, put that in the bank for the season and man, we just got to. 13 days till Daytona. Let's go. Hit the fast forward button and get us there. Let's go. Yeah, so much to talk about, though, throughout the course of the week, and we'll continue to keep doing that for you. Uh, we'll talk about the clash some more, too, as as we get down. And there's some actual uh, head-to-heads now for win totals that we've got. Uh, spoiler alert, we'll go over our favorites as this week progresses as well. But, man, just so excited to be back in the flow, back in the normal swing of things, back talking racing back talking about recaps and all that other good stuff so yeah i'm excited yeah the head-to-head wins that's not one i remember from having last off season so hopefully we'll be talking about that tomorrow that's gonna be fun starting to see some super bowl crossover props trickle out in there uh so hopefully we get a few more for later in the week we can have a super bowl crossover 
uh, where, where you can bet on the Eagles to win and, and Corey LaJoy to win and, and make a ton of money in a parlay. I was reaching for the mute button in your mic and it didn't, it didn't, uh, it didn't hit. Damn, my bad. Uh, all right. Well, before you start making any more blasphemous statements, go ahead and let everybody know where they can find you on social media so we can end this episode and I can get out of your presence. <laughs> yes. Follow me on Twitter at Husker underscore Zeeb. Uh, got some NFL articles for the Super Bowl coming out this week. Um, one's going to be some player props. One's going to be about something else. No, no. Uh, actually, the, the other one was super fun to write. It's not out yet but we'll be out here in the next couple of days. Um, but like trends for the Super Bowl. So like 15 of the last 18 Super Bowl winners have worn the white jerseys, which the Chiefs are wearing. Uh, so there's that, some coin toss statistics, some other fun stuff. And then it has some trends for what the teams have done this season. So you can kind of put all those together and uh, and make more informed betting decisions for the big game. But uh, yeah, that was fun. So keep an eye for those two coming out. Uh, and then, yeah, there's going to be more motorsports stuff. and. Always something coming out. So follow me on Twitter at Husker underscore Zeeb. Get in the Discord as well. That's where you can get our weekly uh, DFS game. We had a lot of fun with that. That was a bad man. That DFS game, <laughs> every lap was different because you had guys getting spun out, going to the back. I ended up taking it down for this week. So at least I got one win on the season. Uh, but I know I won't be winning them all for sure. Some some pretty good guys in there that uh, that did a good job. So that was fun. And then, yes, we'll have our full fantasy league for the year. We'll be in there as well. So sg.pn slash discord. That's a shortcut to, to get you over there and, and join in the conversation. Indeed, ladies and gentlemen. Follow me on Twitter at RJ Gomez. Link in the bio to everything I've got going on, whether it's here, whether it's Sportsbook Review, whether it's in between media. Of course, make sure to follow us on Twitter at NASCAR Gambling. And then, of course, please, as we said, the Google machine wants to be worshipped therefore you must leave reviews for these shows in order for us to continue to exist or google will shoot us down we don't want that to happen so leave a review preferably a five-star one let us know how we're doing and uh, how much fun you're having listening to this show just like cody said if you don't like it find another show but we still love you we respect your decision all right everybody thanks for listening anyways thanks for listening anyways thanks for listening to at least this episode <laughs> till next time till tomorrow Let's go racing and let it ride.